Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in today. So we are going to do something a little different. We are starting a new project within Center Solutions called Almost Therapy. And if you are familiar with the show, we typically have a guest and we've done quite a few episodes now. And some of the episodes that we've done have prompted some questions. So we thought it would be fun to just sit down with Christy and discuss certain topics. And Melanie and I will just kind of chime in with our personal experiences. And Melanie's always great at having really good statistics. Well, these sessions are going to be almost sort of a co- coaching sessions by Christy. So it'll be a special way for you to get a little almost therapy and we'll have different topics. And to quote Christy, we were talking earlier. She she says, you millennials love life coaching and she's not wrong. So <laughs> I'm not wrong about <laughs> you're that. not wrong. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's like so a millennial, a boomer and a Gen X are walking to a bar. <laughs> Wait, are we going to a bar? Yes. All right. So today let's talk about feeling stuck in life. And I think everyone can relate to this. I know I go through that often. Mm-hmm. What about you, Christy? How do you, you're a therapist and you've been a therapist most of your life. Right. How? What do you do when you feel stuck? Well, sometimes I don't even recognize that I'm stuck. You know, so I'll go along a few days and I'm, I'm like, you know, I just know that I'm off or something. Then I'll realize, wait, I am doing the same thing, you know, whether it's in my professional life or my personal life. You know, a lot, a lot of times at night I'll go home and mm-hmm. take off my makeup. We'll eat some dinner, walk the dogs, sit down, watch TV, do nothing. And then at some point you realize, OK, so I've done this for like five or six straight days. What does that mean? Am I on autopilot or am I truly stuck? You know, and sometimes you're on autopilot because you're busy and that's just your routine. And sometimes that's comforting. When you recognize it's stuck is whenever you look up one day and you realize you didn't want to be there and that you didn't recognize that you were there. Right. So I think there are different ways, like, for example, stress from work, some people that are experiencing a lot of burnout. Mm -hmm. I think in our area right now, that's such a common thing. What do you hear anytime somebody says, how are you doing? People are like, I'm fine, just really busy. Busy. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of it Mm -hmm. because we become trapped in these daily routines of work and fitting too many things in our schedule Mm -hmm. or uh, whatever the case is. And I think um, it could be a relationship rut Mm -hmm. or, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that you can feel stuck. Well, and once again, I'm just going to say, you know, the caution here has to be, Is it something that's a comforting thing for you when you are busy and stressed out? Because that's that's there's a difference. That's not a rut, or that's not stuck, that's not burned out. It's just is that also procrastination? It it could be procrastination. Sometimes procrastination saves our mental health. Yes, right. Because it's if you're not fully ready to jump in there, it's better to not go there. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you have to recognize is. 
okay, I'm in a rut with this relationship. I, it brings doesn't bring me joy. It's not anything that I look forward to. I do it because that's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you can't step back and say, you know, I'm not Marie Kondo or whoever it is, does this, this bring me joy? <laughs> but it, it is like, what, what is the payoff for me for what I'm doing right here? Is it, it, it works for me right now because I'm really busy at work and I don't want to have to think about anything else? Or is this relation just kind of, relationship just kind of on autopilot because we're trying to make a decision whether to go forward or not? So once again, if there's a benefit to you about it, with it, it's okay to be there. It's whenever it's not, it's whenever you're avoiding making a move because you don't want to make a, you don't want to make the decision. Mm-hmm. That's when you're stuck. You can't make a decision and you just sit on it. And sometimes do you stay in that position because of all these outside factors? Like, you know, I have a good career. I need to do this for my kids. So what do you do whenever you're like, but this career is not fulfilling my soul. This, Mm -hmm. this career is not doing it for me anymore. Well, sometimes that's just what it is. That's what you're doing because that's, that's the place that you are. But for me, I'm always like, you bring out the old pen and paper, draw a line down the middle and do the pros and cons, right? Is this, and then you say, is this where I thought I'd be at this point? Where is it that I would really, where would I rather be? And what are the steps to doing that? So sometimes it's just a refresher to be grateful for what you have. Because sometimes, you know, when you're going, I feel stuck in this job, feel stuck in this career. I don't really have anything going. You know, it's not bringing me joy. It's not bringing me fulfillment. But sometimes you're just going, I'm not stuck. I'm just, what is the word I'm looking for? It's like, you know, whenever your wheat field is just like not, turning over anything, but you're fallow, I think is what the word is. Stagnant. Stagnant. This is just a point in my life whenever I just need to be kind of on autopilot. Uh Right. I'm okay right now. I'm okay right now. But if it's truly not where you want to be and you have the ability to move forward or you want to set that goal out there and and make sure that every so often you're making a step towards that goal. Mm -hmm. You know, do I need, do I need more education? Do I need to live in a different place? You know, Answer right. all those questions. So is this like the gratitude versus the greener grass list? <laughs> That's the gratitude versus <laughs> You're exactly right, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think sometimes there are other ways outside of, I mean, if you just can't, there are a lot of other things you can do. One thing I think we do in today's world is we get really trapped in um, our phones or our Netflix shows mm-hmm. and I think that has something to do with the feeling of being stuck. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I mean, I have some friends who are millennials, and but mostly I think about my single friends who will talk about being, uh, becoming a little accidentally, uh, socially, well, like isolated. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't with intention, but it just mm-hmm. kind of becomes comforting not to push yourself out. And then it's hard to get out there. And so that's another way of getting stuck. I think. I agree. It's just. That's Melanie does a great job right now, I think, in her own life of staying connected to people that, you know, are her friends, whether they're married, single, male, female, whatever. She, when she came on, on board at Centers, she made a lot of us sit back and go, wait a minute, what are we doing? We're so obsessed with work or, you know, we're going home and doing nothing. And where is that social connection? Because that's, we're creatures, of social connection. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we do to to feel like a human being has to do with, you know, a sense of belonging. And I, I think part of that, too, though, is the fact that I'm not married. 
And maybe I think that makes a difference, right? Because I mean, I have been married, and I'm familiar with that whole routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think if I weren't feeling connected, I'd be very constantly aware of being feeling alone. Maybe not. Exactly. Not that I'm. I mean, I'm busy. I've got kids, and we're all busy. But there's just something about that. I think. Is there? <laughs> Oh no, there's something you're about that. No, I'm not the expert no. on that. But but yes, whenever you're married, it, it's easier to be a little more withdrawn from that because you're getting that social connection with your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got kids at home, you're doing things with your kids, which automatically brings you in contact with other people. Sure. But I'm talking about that purely selfish. I am with this person or these group of people because. That's I connect with them, whether that is whether you go shopping, whether you go out of town together, whether you play in a you know bunco, whether you play tennis, whatever it is, that it's not because it's a requirement. It's not because I'm a mom or a wife or an employee. It is by choice. And that's that's the part that I think is super important that sometimes that's the first thing that goes when we get busy or we get stuck. I agree. And you have to unstuck yourself. Unstuck yourself? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're unstucking. <laughs> so I have a friend. Um, if, she, if you can say that without. Unstuck yourself. If unstuck you can, yourself. Yeah. You can say that every time without the Freudian step you get. <laughs> Not sure I could. So I have a friend that every year or so she calls 20 people that she hasn't seen in that year. Huh. And she invites them to lunch or to dinner or to a movie or to a play or something like that. Because they're important people in her life, but because we lead busy lives, she loses connection. So she has figured out a way to unstuck herself, (laughs) right, Mm -hmm. by reaching out. I think that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. I know that's important to me. And, of course, we all get in those same ruts Mm -hmm. where I feel like, gosh, I miss hanging out with Friends, mm-hmm. I think the tendency, though, and what maybe keeps us stuck, I don't want to blame everything in the world on social media, but I think we do see each other on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this false security that our friends are there and we can, you know, hole up in our house and not really have to worry about it because we still have some connect with them. Mm-hmm. But there really is something different about having that personal time mm-hmm. with people in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it does help spark joy. It does. do something in that little special chemical part in your brain Mm -hmm. that, you know, wants to connect with others. Whenever we, especially as girls, whenever we go do something with our girlfriends, we almost Mm -hmm. always greet them with a hug. We always end with a hug. So, you know, what what we know through years and years of studies is that, you know, your serotonin levels go up just by human touch. And so that just makes you just overall feel lighter and happier. So that's not what an iPad or a computer or a TV watching something on Netflix, that's not going to do it. While you might enjoy that, that might be a form of escapism. You know, you're not just sitting, mm-hmm. staring at the wall. It's not the same. I tell, I'm, I'll tell my girls, I'm like, um, why are we watching people live? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's live. Having a life of Let's our not own. watch people live. Agree. So... What are your thoughts on journaling? Do you encourage people to journal or to, if, if you do encourage them, what, what are some of your techniques for journaling? Okay, so this is what I do. I think journaling is awesome. Um, and uh, can I just say, it's awesome. I sound like I was 15 years old just now. <laughs> okay. Journaling doesn't have to be, you know, originally whenever it was brought out as a therapeutic tool, it was like, you know, you've got to write all this stuff in there. I will start people out with something as simple as a scale of one to 10, with 10 being you're deliriously happy, 
<laughs> almost delusional, mm-hmm. and one being it was a really bad day. So you can just get your calendar, your planner on your phone or whatever. Nobody has to know what that scale means, but it's just a way of tracking. Do Are there days that I have better, you know, and what maybe Wednesdays I always seem to be gloriously happy. So what's going on on Wednesday? And, you know, randomly Fridays are the day that I have the hardest day. So you start looking at you know, what is your sleep schedule like? What is what is your diet like? Who are you interacting? You know, what's going on? So sim- simple as a scale one to 10 or simple as a frowny face, a smiley That's face. That's really good. Yeah. That's like a joy scale. Mm-hmm. It's a joy scale, yeah. I think about uh, my kid that has migraines and we've been trying to, okay, let's write down the day that you have the bad one or mm-hmm. when we can stop it. That it's kind of, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So I can see it having a really good result because you can go back and say, well, I slept for eight hours that mm-hmm. night. Yes. Yeah. I like that because journaling for me, I struggle with journaling because I think, I don't know, Melanie, if you said this or it was one of our guests, they said, it just feels like another job for me when I get that home, like homework. Yeah, right. For sure. And, and that, at first I was great. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't have right. time to journal. Right. You know? And then you're, and then you're like, oh, I didn't journal today. And then you're like frustrated because you didn't, you know, set aside time to go journal. But like you're saying, Christy, if you, it's just a smiley face, you're like, today yeah. was a good day. Or get some stickers. Yeah, it was a seven. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to go more than that. But, you know, if especially if you want to, um, like when people are, we're trying to track their sleep cycles and, you know, what goes on. And we look at mm-hmm. sleep hygiene. So we look at, you know, what did you do? Did you work out right before you went to bed? Did you drink caffeine? Did you eat, you know, high spice foods? You know, did you, um, you know, look at your tablet or whatever? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. You're looking, you want to know. What made that day better that is not obvious to you? You know, like if you got asked out on a date by the guy you wanted, been wanting to date for a long time, that's obviously going to be a, you know, high. But um, just on a, you know, if you can pick, go back and pinpoint that or you can say, I lost my job on that day. Right. But or even between, diet. like Diet. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about a healthy body means mm-hmm. a healthy mind. So you can say. You know, why did I feel so bad? Why was that day a three? Mm-hmm. And you can look back and say, oh, well, I went through McDonald's or something, mm-hmm. you know, compared Six to the diet that I was on. Yeah. So, or even sometimes it might be what you ate the night before. Mm-hmm. Be yes, exactly. The next day. So, what we want people to recognize is am I self sabotaging? Am I making myself stay su- stuck? <laughs> am I making <laughs> myself Give stuck? Give us some self sabotage yes. tips because I think. Sometimes I do that. Okay. Oh, I for sure. Okay. Who doesn't, right? I always feel like I trip myself going downhill. Oh, and it's, no, you know, that should just be able to roll, right? Mm-hmm. Not not trip. Okay, so self-sabotage is basically when you're telling yourself all the while you're moving to do that that you shouldn't be doing that and there's all the reasons and you do it anyway. And I'm just going to use an example because we were talking about a healthy body. It's like somebody brought donuts to work today. The whole time, every well, time I'd walk, I didn't know about well, that. every time I walk by the break room, there's that box of donuts, and I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then, for some reason, I found myself, well, you know, because the donuts were in there, found myself going in there, and I just grabbed one and ate it. And after afterwards, I'm like, really? You went all day. The day is almost over. You were able to talk yourself out of doing that. And whatever it is, it's a weak moment, or surely there's none left. They just left the box there. You know, you're hoping. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you have. You have the insight to know that what you're about to do is not good for you. Hmm. And you fight it and you fight it and then you give in. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that that's where you really have to give yourself that self-talk 
You're not going. Don't even go down the hall. Don't go by the break room. Don't go in the break room. You know, if you eat a donut, you're going to feel bad about yourself. So there's, it's, it's a lot of it. You know, I always talk on here about hard the cognitive work is. The behavioral work is easy. I'm going straight down there and getting a donut and I'm going to eat it and whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's, but the, the trying to not allow yourself to do those kind of things. I try to think about, try, not always, but how, mm-hmm. how much is the return? Yes. <laughs> the ROI for whatever you're doing, because mm-hmm. I know, are you going to just feel bad about, because I know for me, if I do something, if I make a mistake, I will beat myself up about it. Mm-hmm. it so much, it's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... I will beat myself up about it forever, mm-hmm. even if it's just something small. So. And we all do those things like not responding to your alarm after you've been written up at work for being late to work. I'm just going to, you know, mm-hmm. and you just turn it off and you just turn it off. And somehow, you know, it's it's not that you're lazy because you get up and you go to work. You're just a little bit late or whatever. But because it's become an, a, an issue and yet you still do that, that is like self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, and yet you just keep ignoring it. And it's and I, I, another example would be like a teenager who, you know, gets their phone back and they're like, OK, you have to be on time for your curfew, you know, because kind of on trial here. And they go out with their friends and all the while they know and they're telling themselves, you know, got to be on time, got to be on time. But something happens and all of a sudden it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those it's a constant. It's that creating that self-discipline when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. That's how you stay off the. And it, it's a lot easier to give in. It's so much easier just to give in to that donut, I that right? Donut, yes. Right. It but is. You, you can condition your brain and you can rewire your brain, but it, it's exhausting. It's it exhausting. really is. Yeah. But it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, you always hear life coaches or, or people on TV who are really good at public speaking and seem happy all the time. I think they have to work at it every day, too. I think when the cameras are off or the, yeah, they, they, it's a constant battle. You have to constantly start replacing those positive thoughts mm-hmm. with, you know, from those negative thoughts. You mm-hmm. have to start telling your brain, look, we, we're not going to allow those negative thoughts in here. Right. And it's something it's hard to do every day because it's easier just to give in and it's easier to be lazy. Mm-hmm. It's easier to not go out. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a shift in my generation is it's hard for me to get my friends to go out. When you see the memes on Facebook that says, Oh, yeah. Um, I'd rather stay I, in my pajamas. I, think that I see yeah. that, too. I too. Uh-huh. And I think it's strange because yes. that was not a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do recognize it. And I recognize it. I don't even know. I think it's more of a, a cultural shift anymore because I know that's the same thing with my friends. Of mm-hmm. course, especially single girlfriends. It's just easier to hole up and not go mm-hmm. anywhere. And... um it really is a thing. Right. Where it's just, it's too much effort mm-hmm. and it's just more comfortable. You don't have to worry about the. Yeah. People, yeah. People seem to not get out of their comfort zones very mm-hmm. often anymore. I agree. And what we know is to live your full potential and be your happiest requires you to do some of these things. You know, you've got to go do things that you enjoy that are outside raising your family, even though those things bring us joy. And going to work and and doing whatever, it's like you're making a choice at that point to take off your bra and your makeup mm-hmm. and watch Netflix or to to go do something, mm-hmm. you know, join a board, volunteer somewhere, phone a friend to go have, you know, a, a Coke or ice cream somewhere. But it's that 
we're required almost to find things that uplift us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, because you count on, if you count on other people, it right. takes and that can go. It takes it's effort. effort. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're doing, you're playing that little game in your mind of the checklist of is it worth it or is it not? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to get ready. I don't right. have to have a little bit of anxiety, which I think could also be shifted into anticipation if you were looking forward to going out and seeing people. Mm-hmm. True. But you can trap yourself into not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I could I could easily get that way. I think it's nature, but I try really hard not to because right. I know that would put me in a really bad stuck rut that would be not good for me. So, And I see... I go back to social media. It's a common denominator in almost all of our mm-hmm. episodes that we've had. Um, I see it just with my friends that I don't like that society is saying it's okay to stay in bed and not mm-hmm. go out with your friends. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. you have to try new things. You have to do things that scare you to death because mm-hmm. it could. you never know. It could be a great thing that you... But it's just I see this shift, like you're saying, Melanie, and... It's hard for me as someone who enjoys going out a lot. I I don't like to use introvert, extrovert, because I think anyone can be either one of those things given the situation. But when you're the one who's trying to encourage people to go out or to do things or like not even spend money, let's just go yeah. hang out, come over. I don't know. What do you do when you just hit that brick wall where everyone's like, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just going to. That's gonna when you, I don't know. I've. I tend to be the organizer a lot. That's just in my nature Mm -hmm. of stuff like that. So I don't know. I think maybe it's time to meet new people that are, Mm -hmm. uh, they're more in tune with that Mm -hmm. idea. But I I do think if I had, there are so many times that I look back and I think the the old saying is true. You know, you'll you'll only regret the things you didn't try. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I like to look at is I did this thing. the organization I used to work for did a fundraiser where you could rappel over a building. Mm. That seemed actually terrifying and crazy to me, mm-hmm. but I did it. I didn't give myself a second to think about it. I just thought, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust that I'm not going to be squashed flat on the highway <laughs> or on the road. Yeah. And, you know, and I did it. <laughs> and I I think it's so great that I did it. And I look back, if I hadn't done it, it would bother me. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, I could have mm-hmm. just done that, you know. Mm-hmm. I just And that's not, it's not, has no real bearing on my life or anything. But it it is something that I can feel proud that mm-hmm. I at least had the courage to try. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a little to do with some of that. I mean, I don't know. Just in not, that's not for everybody, but whether right. it's. Signing up for a walk or right. a 5K or just going. I think for some people, it's just getting out, out of your house. Yes. yes. You know? Totally agree. You know, it, when we're talking about this, I'm thinking about my own personal situation. Whenever our youngest child left, because we had been so busy for like all of these years with, you know, sports and whatever activities. And then you realize we don't have anything we have to do today. So for a while, you're like, whew, we don't have anything we have to do today. So we're going to come home. We're going to be able to cook dinner. We're going to be able to whatever. But then that turns into we have nothing to do today. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people, you know, don't get active. They don't, don't become an active participant in their own lives. And they sit there waiting for someone to call them to invite them, you know. And then 
and that sometimes happen. people, some, yeah, yeah. And sometimes people are like, "Well, I called you the last six times, you know, right. to go do something." So you've got to. I, I read something earlier today that said this couple, after their kids left, they took a mason jar and took tongue depressors, and on it wrote things that they could do. Hmm. And every once in a while, they, you know, if they had been sitting doing nothing for long enough, they just went and got that and pulled it out, and whatever it was, they had to go do it. That's neat. Isn't that a cool idea? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know. And it's Mel something to look forward to. Something to look forward to, uh-huh. whether it's going to be date night, whether you're going to go. I mean, there are things you can drive to from here. I thought my parents are 84 and 89. They went on a date to the Settles Oh, my gosh. Hotel. I was just going to say the Settles. I'll take them. Yes. I have taken my daughters there. On, it's in beautiful. the summertime, their pool is so neat. Yeah. And they have little cabanas, and oh. you can, we just bring where, a, where is that a whole located? bunch of junk food. It's Big Spring. Oh, Big it's Spring. Big Spring. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's an hour away. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything big. You, you know, you can drive to love to go shopping and take a trip down to San Angelo to look at the cute little shops, have a picnic on the, you know, the Concho River or whatever. So, you know, go backpacking somewhere. And they don't have to be even that big. Mm-hmm. It can be, we're going to get up and go to the farmer's market. Um, you know, we're going to try, you know, go to a different church unless you're already, you know, connected to a church. It could be, we were best friends with these people. They live, you know, here in Midland. We're going to, we haven't seen them for 10 years. We're going to call them. We're going to do something fun. So it is, you know, write, write some things down, set mm-hmm. some goals, what you would like to do. Don't you think part of, well, we talked a little bit about uh, the book, The Happiness Project. Yes. I even had a little book club going with that for a while, but uh, Gretchen Rubin, she's the author, and she's a lawyer, and she didn't have anything really negative at the time. She just felt stuck. Uh, she was looking for the joy and started studying happiness. And one of the things um, I gathered from her book is part of the joy is the anticipation of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's neat. When you are a little kid and your parents have a trip planned or you know Christmas is coming, part of the happiness is knowing, oh, Christmas is coming, mm-hmm. you know, and you see everything start to change and your house gets decorated. And so it's, there's a preparation. So I think there's something to um, having those things planned with your friends or mm-hmm. with family members that you can look forward to, because I think when you don't have anticipation, it takes some of that joy away. Mm-hmm. I swear, I think that has to do with we think Netflix, I thought it was so cool that you could watch a whole series. You didn't have to wait. Agree. But used to, yes. we had to like wait. Yes. That's a, a great week. example. And you were, yeah. you were like, you know, they have this moment. It was very cliffhanger. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Yeah. So you had something to look forward to next mm-hmm. week. You didn't, weren't like, well, I'm going to go get a snack and then I'm going to come back and see what happened. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it is now. Yeah. I so totally agree. It's taken a big chunk of the whole joy process away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we've done that to ourselves. We have done that to ourselves. <laughs> Netflix did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is another you know thing I would like to caution people about. If you wait mm-hmm. to get your to find your anticipation, at, you know the thing that you anticipate the most. At some point, all those things have fallen away, and then you turn around. and You're like, okay, now what? So it's like if you're if you always say. I will do that when I retire or mm-hmm. I will do that when the kids oh, are grown right. or I will do that when we have a little more money right. or, you know, all those things. You are, that's self-sabotage. That is saying, I don't deserve that for some reason. I don't have time for that right now. And then when you do, maybe it's not even as important as it was at the time. So you have to do it. Yeah. I'm so, currently going through that right now. I It scares me to death to, let's say I'm, I don't know, 70 
and to look back and say, I never did that. Mm -hmm. I never tried it. Mm -hmm. I never moved. I never, you know, something like that. Um, I don't know. I have a, I have an interesting story. I don't, a lot of people don't know, but, um, I grew up as a race car driver. Like I grew up racing cars. So for me to make that switch in my life to, work in an office and that is extreme it's extreme <laughs> it's extreme and so i'm sure other people have extremes too that they're like man i used to be i don't know a professional singer or something right. and now i'm just working in an office mm -hmm. so i kind of going back to journaling i've noticed this shift in my life about every five years it seems that I get stagnant every five years and that five year mark comes up and I'm like, I've got to do something else because mm -hmm. this is not working for me. Mm -hmm. Relationship wise, work wise. And society says, you're supposed to stay at a job for like 30 years. That's mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do. So like, you See, can't and I, jobs. I, I disagree with that. I, <laughs> yes. I, under I understand the whole concept of, cause I feel like that's almost in my nature. I, I want to grow and change. And mm -hmm. I know that, um, it's a funny thing because there was a time when that was looked upon as that's mm -hmm. loyalty Flatty. and that's how yeah. it is, you know. And yeah. uh, But at some point, um, people that were loyal were not getting, they were getting the short end of the stick. And so I think, you know, the corporate world kind of had some part in the distrust of staying anywhere too long and people mm -hmm. going and looking elsewhere because... Are you really, you're, you know, the days of great pensions and stuff right, are, are no gone. longer. Right. That's true. So you kind of got to, th there's this whole looking out for yourself and which, you know, you got, you have to do that too. But for one, you're not working in an office. You're working in a nonprofit right. organization that helps people. And so <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's it, so it, it goes along with I think that. That's so much right. way more, uh, Easier to find some fulfillment in than if yeah. you were just... Oh, yeah. That's why I'm in yeah. it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that I love my job. I don't, I don't want it to sound like no, I don't. No. But, but, um, but it's from a race car driver? Right. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. hard, it's hard that's, when you have this... A, that, you don't have that adrenaline surge. Right. And see, I have like an adrenaline problem, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like not a homebody. I'm like... Mm -hmm. So you it makes went it, over the edge on the building. Yeah, yeah, next time that comes up, yeah. we need to get Bailey signed up for that. <laughs> but see, there's nothing in Midland where I can try to pursue that career, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, I'm like, what do I need to do right now? What do I need to do to make things work right now? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why I went into nonprofit. I, mm -hmm. I was like, I love to help people. Yeah. And um, I'm using my degree kind of in that sense. And it just felt like an appropriate career at the time but like other people who have these dramatic <laughs> life experiences or something that they want to do what would you it's recommend hard. to it's hard. someone in or what yeah. would you recommend to Bailey yes so I'm sitting here formulating so like okay. if I was your therapist right these are some of the things that I would be saying to you right now mm -hmm. first of all I would say and I say this all the time on this podcast developmentally where we go through certain stages and phases that whether we like it or not, we're going to go through, mm -hmm. right? So part of, I think, whatever, you reach a certain age and you go, oh, I probably don't need to be driving race cars. I probably should be doing something that's a little more responsible, maybe make a little more money. And we spent all this money on my degree. I probably need to be doing something like that. And you have landed in a place that seems to suit you. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say would be you can't wait for that shift every five years. Mm -hmm. So knowing that about yourself, you would have to say, what am I going to do year one to 
have some satisfaction with where I am and what I'm doing. I don't want to wait for that five-year slump to come around and go, oh, I need to do, I need to make a major change. So you're going to be looking for ways to be satisfied or make small changes along the way. So when you hit five years, you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. That is being, that is being stuck kind of on its own. And you're going to take charge and you're going to figure it out away when year five comes around because I paid attention in real year one, two, three, and four, year five means nothing anymore. Mm -hmm. So I am now skydiving or I am going whitewater rafting Mm -hmm. or I've taken up horseback riding (laughs) or, you know, I'm flying to exotic places because I love to, you have a journalism degree, right? Right. Communication. Uh, Communication. Yeah, with a journalism background. Right. So, you know, I like to go do this. So maybe I'm going to start sending some articles about places I've been Mm -hmm. or something like that. So that, those are some of the things that I would say as a therapist, just to help you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely go through phases, although I feel like I'm I'll go through, well, I need to, I need to learn how to play the piano or I need to learn how to, you know, it's almost this panic that I didn't get this stuff accomplished. I'm like, well, I need to do this stuff. And this is what I say all the time. You can learn to play the piano online now. Get yourself a little electronic keyboard and in your spare time. I have an actual piano. Oh, No one can play it. Then you watch some of those things you... Or take a lesson or two. That's human interaction. Right. And that that requires you to pay attention because, wait, I'm paying so-and-so $35 every Thursday for my 45-minute or Mm 30-minute lesson. So you're going to be doing it, and then you're going and you're going to be interacting, and then you're anticipating that you're going to be doing some all the things that we've talked about. There are Mm -hmm. silly silly ruts you can get into. Like One thing that I'm happy that I do regularly that is pretty easy for me to do is I run almost every day. Every now and then I'll skip a day on the weekend, but I mm-hmm. run. It's important to my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I feel like, oh, this run, you know, it's just the same thing because I'm not switching it up at all. And I mm-hmm. start thinking, okay, do I need to start doing something different or mm-hmm. run a little bit more? So I feel like no matter what, even if it's a good habit, you can start feeling like kind of stuck in it mm-hmm. no matter what. So once again, what, what you're doing is you're creating new neural pathways, Oh, yay. The, the important terminology. <laughs> Whenever you do something different. Okay. if if you, Okay. I live straight up Midland Drive, and then I go straight up Midland, back the other way to work. You know, so it's just one of those things. Every once in a while, I'll just take a little side street or I'll go too far out this way to wind my way back through a neighborhood and my, drives my husband crazy. It's like, what are we doing now? And yeah. I'm like, I'm creating neural new neural pathways. Oh. So changing something up, adding a... Adding a different block in or brush, going brush your teeth with, with your, your left, left hand. hand. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever way, whatever you run, if you run outside, you go where you normally finish. You'll start there and go the back mm-hmm. way. I try to do phone. that when I'm outside, but you're on your treadmill. On the treadmill. That's kind of the whole. Yeah, don't go backwards on your treadmill. Yeah, don't go backwards. But <laughs> no, I have fallen on my treadmill. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. I'm just glad there was nobody there to catch it on camera <laughs> and put it on TV. Yeah, but but it. so it's all about, you know, it's everything that you add to the brain is it's another route for you to not be stuck. So, every, you know, thinking about playing the piano or maybe, you know, that's something I might like to do. I'd like to even at least be able to play Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember from eight years of piano lessons years ago. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, OK, that's fun. I really want to do that. or I don't know. 
just, just whatever you your daughter's in theater. Maybe you might want to try out for a, you know, oh, one of those. She's always, I'm like, no, I, I don't know. I, I have no talent, but thank you, though. Um, or you might just say, sure, <laughs> I'll do that. But I think that's that's my way of, of when I feel myself in a rut, I start wanting to do things like that mm-hmm. or go hike somewhere mm-hmm. or, pro- or or start training for a race. Mm-hmm. I can sense that about myself mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I'm something's and i guess that's just people right sure I mean, but pay attention if you're keeping your calendar that's got your happy face or, or whatever it is you, you know your your you know scale that you're going to go okay i've noticed that i'm looking for something to motivate me you know and and just make a note today because i'm thinking i want to run a the boston marathon i'm very motivated but in reality i'd like to just do whatever it might be I mean, are you going to look back on your life and say, I ran the Boston Marathon? Are you going to look back and say, I would. Yeah, I would exactly. So excited like, yeah. if I did that. Right. Unless that was the end of my life. <laughs> when you crawled like, across. Darn it, I ran the Boston <laughs> Marathon. I should have done that. Um, yeah. but, but it's all of, it has to be about taking you out of what your normal everyday routine is. Something that brings you enjoyment, even if it's not delirious joy. It, we all do this. I mean, let's just say we went to a concert with friends and we didn't really want to go. We came home and we're going, that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun. Why don't we do this more often? So quit asking yourself, why don't we do this more often and make it happen more often? Just do things. Just do things. It doesn't yeah, have to be major. Find somebody that's going to do things. Right. Definitely. Yes. I just know. do it. Just I don't, do it. I don't, don't, don't sue us, Nike. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to be... On, I know I don't want to be on my deathbed going, right. wow, I watched a lot of Netflix mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, right. that, that <laughs> yeah. sounds scary to me. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you read obituaries. I don't want to make this morbid, but, you know, it's like they hiked, they hunted, they fished, they Oh, my gosh. Had, do, if you've ever art. read the New York Times obituaries, I feel like I there's... They just make me feel bad about life because I'm like, these people are living everything you read in there. And I'm sure the writing is amazing Mm -hmm. anyway, but it is inspiring. You, I just think, okay, I need to make a list of the things I want to do and just do them and not wait for Mm -hmm. anybody to join me, but just go and do these things. And let's don't stuck ourselves (laughs) by saying I'm too old. I don't have enough money. I can't take off time from work. You know. Whatever it might be, unstuck yourself by saying, I'm going to figure out these are a priority. And within this next week, I'm going to make some small step towards that goal. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep going and pretty soon you're doing it and then you're unstuck. That I'm was, excited. Yeah. I'm going to start unstucking myself <laughs> right. right away. <laughs> so or stop stucking. I'm going to unstuck myself. I said that wrong. Let's scratch that. <laughs> so you guys heard a lot of our personal stories. By the way, what's something really exciting that you've done in your life that you can look back and say, I went skydiving, I went whatever. Okay. I didn't do anything like that. I don't even like to get in an airplane. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that it's like things that I did when I was younger that then there was a time that I did not do them, you know, like water skiing, snow skiing, some of those things. It's like whenever you're your kids call and they were like, you're going to get in an airplane. We're going to go fly somewhere. And I don't like to fly. So it's not anything, it's not anything huge. 
But, you know, this is the little things that, that you do that are things that you would not have done had you chosen to watch Netflix mm-hmm. or what to go you, home. What, if, what would you share? Well, I'm trying to think of anything. I've not done anything so exciting. <laughs> I think the coolest story to me that I know about you is when you went to get your, uh, when you went to become a therapist. Well, that's that true. I think that's so, great because yes. you could have said no to that. I could have said, you're right. You could have said, well, that's how I want to do that, but I'm comfortable. And that is, that is true because I, I was working, um, my, my, uh, initial degree was in accounting and I was working in accounting at, for Clayton Williams. Mm-hmm. And while I enjoyed my job and all the people I worked with, it just was not what I felt like I should be doing. It didn't bring me joy. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I, I right. did a, a good job, but I just remember that always my friends, my high school guidance counselor said, you need to be a therapist. And then one day I just woke up and said, I'm going to do it. And so I quit my job, went back to college, became a therapist. And yeah, it's been, it's been my greatest joy. I can't other than think my kids. of a better oh. story because yeah. how many people have you gone on to help? And if you right. hadn't, how yeah. many lives would be affected? I mean, you were able to positively and still have been able to positively affect so many people's lives because you... Went and right. did it. You Went just did it. Right. I didn't just, just keep jumped. saying the paycheck. So thank you, Melanie. Yeah. So I did do something. I think that's a great example. It doesn't have to be going and getting into a fast car. It doesn't right. have to be that. It can be the small things like that that True. really made a difference in your life. Yeah. And we want to hear your stories also. So maybe eventually we'll go on Facebook Live. We talked about maybe doing this live. But the the point of all of this is we want your interaction too. We want our listeners to communicate with us with questions that you might have for Christy that she can answer on the show and maybe some topics that you would like for us to discuss. So please contact us on email, um, Facebook, any any way. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. Also, I have books. Okay, and you have books to recommend. Yes. Yeah. That was part of my homework that you gave. <laughs> so so one of these going along with the stuck and unstuck, it's called Stuck, While We Can't or Won't Move On. And that's one that I have read and I have used. Um, and then The Art of Letting Go. And that's been around for a long time. So um, that's both of those I can highly recommend. Make sure to follow us on social media and SoundCloud so that you can hear the follow-up to this episode where Christy, Melanie, and I will tell you how our daily journals are going and we can all talk about some things that maybe we can cut out of our daily routine. The follow-up to this episode where we talk about our journaling is called Almost Therapy, Light Therapy, and Seasonal Affective Disorder. The books that Christy recommends, which are available on Amazon, are Stuck, Why We Can't or Won't Move On, by Anneli Rufus. The book that Melanie recommended was The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin and The Art of Letting Go, A Pathway to Inner Freedom by Vidya Frazier. That's V-I-D-Y-A Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Make sure to subscribe to our SoundCloud page so you can stay up to date on all the newest episodes. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 
432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.